a lady who is known and loved in this family a lot. She's a friend to many. She's a spiritual mum. And I think one thing I love about Jackie, and yes, if I cry, I cry, it doesn't matter, <laughs> um, is that she loves to learn. She loves to go deeper. She doesn't settle with what she knows because she knows God's got more to say. And I love that. And I think you're living in a sense of revelation right now that we want to feel the benefit of. So bless you, Jackie. lost all my notes. Um, as Leo said, we've been dealing with um, the Lord's Prayer over the last few weeks, dipping in and out of it and going through it. And um, I've got the task of doing forgive us our sins <laughs> as we forgive others. And I've also been on a journey over these last probably years really, but several months in particular, of dealing with offence and it's been a big one for me. Um, so and when I started to prepare this and get it ready, it was like, Lord, how do I bring this without people feeling condemned or they've got it wrong or they haven't done it right or whatever? And God just said to me, bring it with my heart of love. So I want to bring this this morning with the Father's heart of love. There's no condemnation in any of this at all. But it's a learning curve for all of us. And I've been a believer for five or six decades now. And even at this stage in my life, I said that quietly, um, even at this stage in my life, I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I'm still facing things that I didn't deal with probably 20, 30, 40 years ago that I have buried because of pain, uh, disappointment and hurt and frustration. But God didn't want to leave me there. He wants me to grow to be more like Jesus. He doesn't want me to stay in my self-pity and my mess. He wants me to move on. So I'm bringing it with his heart of love and his gentle nudges. And I will read some of this because I might forget what I'm saying. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's important just to pass on what I feel God has said to me. So I'm bringing this with the Father's heart of love, I hope. And we'll see where we go from there. So basically, I'm sure hopefully all of us, we want to live like Jesus did. We want to live our lives so others would ask the questions of us about our peace, our joy, and our freedom. The Galatians 5 life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. It's quite a big list, isn't it? All the way that we're supposed to live. We don't always do it. But that's the aim with the fruits of the Spirit within us. And as I said, we need to look at every challenge we face as the Father's invitation to go deeper with him. That's what he wants. He wants us to go into that intimate, deep place. And this next part about forgive us our sins and not taking offence, sometimes we can feel that it's a given. Of course we forgive. We forgive quickly. We don't take offence just don't do that but sometimes we do in the new king james it says forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us 
The Passion says, forgive us our sins as we release everyone who has wronged us. That can be a big one sometimes. The Mirror Study Bible, many of you might not know that one, but I love it. Gets you really deep into the Greek and the Hebrew and all that stuff. <laughs> um, oh, that your forgiveness of our sins may be fully realized so that everyone indebted to us may also know that we have released them from their obligation to us. They don't owe us anything. About a year ago, um, I heard an interview by two people. And from the content of that interview, I knew that I had to buy the book that was mentioned. I didn't want to buy the book. It was very challenging. Um, and if anybody knows me, you know that I'm a reader. And I could get through, I think in the, I counted the other day how many books I've got through in the last couple of months, and it's about 12. <laughs> um, I don't always take everything in, but I will, if I feel God is really speaking to me, I will go over them again and again and go through. But this particular book stayed on my shelf for two or three months because I didn't want to face it. Um, and that was really very self-centered of me, very stubborn, because I knew God was wanting to speak to me about that. Um, but Father had his way, and I sat down and I read the book. And then I read it again, and then I read it a third time. Each time, going deeper and deeper, facing things that I didn't want to face, um, but dealing with them, because I want to be like Jesus. I don't want to stay in the mess. I don't want to hold grudges. I don't want to be in offense. And the whole of this journey, there's been absolutely no condemnation from the Father. It's been incredible. It's just like he's had his arms open and said, come on, come on, come on. You know, I want you to come to my arms. I want you to be free. I want you to walk in freedom. But one thing I've had to learn over this period of time is not to get upset and angry at myself for holding on to those lies those disappointments, those failures that I've made, that I've caused sometimes, that others have caused, I've held on to them, and I've held on to things for far too long. And the enemy really had a go a few times, and I just went very much down in the pits. But fortunately, I recognized it quickly, and I was able to rise above it and say, no, that's the lie of the enemy. I want the truth of the Father's heart in me. So the book... There we go, it's already up there. Live Unoffendable by Patricia King. Um, and as I said, some ways I've enjoyed reading it, in other ways I haven't. Um, so a lot of what I'm gonna say is coming from that book because that has been my journey, particularly in depth and pressurized, if you like, condensed, over the last several months, really. Um, <clears throat> and early on, after I'd read, I think the first time I chatted to Pete about this, and he said, oh, can you bring it, can you bring it? I went, no, I can't bring it now. I'm such a mess. I, mean, I can't, I've got to sort some stuff out. Um, but it was a good mess. It was God's mess. Um, and it was a precious way of trying to deal with things and face things. Um, and then recently he asked me again, and as we were doing the Lord's Prayer, I said, well, I'm in a better place than I was, <laughs> much better. Um, so I, you know, I'll have a go, but I'm not there yet. Everywhere, I'm still on that journey. We're all, you know, we go at our own pace. Father takes it as His pace, doesn't He? But I had to become aware of my reactions and questioning why I react at certain things that happened in the past, 
and responding and submitting to what the Lord was telling me. And actually, it was very healing and it brings wholeness. And that's what we're all about here, isn't it? It's bringing healing and wholeness. I should put a few cliches in like, my response is my responsibility. How I react, how I speak with people, you know, that's up to me. Um, An offence is not given, it's taken. We don't have to take offence when somebody's unkind or rude. We can see them with the eyes of love and how they're meant to be. So as I said, I'm not living it yet. My husband is sitting on the fourth row there. He knows that I'm not totally living it, and he has to live with me, so there you go. Um, And so he's been gracious enough to forgive me very quickly when I've said and done things that I certainly shouldn't have said and done. So I have to zip my lips sometimes. Um, But I know that I can learn to live like Jesus. It's part of the journey that we're all on. And we don't enjoy correction particularly. If, we've all, if any of us have got children here, we know they don't particularly like correction. <laughs> but it's good for us. It helps us and it helps us to come the, become the person that we're meant to be. A few weeks ago, I said something to somebody um, in a joke. And I knew as soon as that thing was out of my mouth, I thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that. That was the wrong thing to say. And a couple of days later, because I have a reasonably good relationship with that person, they came to me and said, you know, that could have really upset me and offended me. And we talked about it and I apologised. And because we have that relationship, the air was cleared and that's built the relationship again. We can be honest and open with each other, which is great. And it's, we talk about the culture of honour here, don't we? Um, And we want to honour people. We want to build people up. But we also want, we don't want to leave people where they are. We want to bring them up with us. I was with a friend the other day and we were chatting and she had this picture of a train, um, being on the train and, and helping people up and that kind of thing. And I think we mentioned this phrase the other week about sitting in the mud with somebody. And that's fine, you can sit in the mud with somebody and that's great, but we don't want them to stay there. We want to reach out our hand and we want to lift them up. We want them to be on the luxury train, doing our scenic train journey, which I love, scenic train journeys. Um, and we want to see the gold in each other, don't we? We want to see the preciousness, the gold, the special thing that's inside. And that's the life of God in us. By our love, the world will see the Father. And it starts with us. We have to show love to each other, honour that kind of thing and it's the love of God that leads people to repentance that's a big one sometimes it's the goodness and kindness of God that brings them in the quicker we respond to Holy Spirit the quicker we grow and the Father's love becomes more and more part of us and dying to self actually is gain We gain so much freedom. We gain so much victory. So if you're holding things within you because of the past or because of whatever's happened, let it go. Jesus wants to heal you. Independence and trusting God don't always go together. We have to let go of our independence. I'm going to do it my way. This is what I want. This is what I feel. They deserve this, blah, blah, blah. It's not that. Let it go 
and trust God. Sometimes we hold on to things and refuse to open doors of pain to let the light in because we think it's far worse than letting go. But I can tell you from experience, letting go and allowing the sweet, healing love of the Father into those dark, forbidden rooms is exhilarating and freeing. The mirror translation again. Oh, that your forgiveness, personalize it, of my sins may be fully realized, so that everyone indebted to me may also know that I have released them from their obligation to me. Nobody owes me anything. And this book is absolutely beautiful, very challenging. I've actually bought three extra copies here as an investment into this fellowship, this family, because I want people share them around, use them in small groups, do it as an accountability thing, because it's so easy to let the little foxes rob us of our freedom. Several weeks ago, Pete said something like, I don't have the right not to treat you as a son or daughter of the king. And more recently, Lawrence brought a word about dealing and not entering into offence. So I don't think it's just my challenge. I think it's every one of us, really. Um, he wants us to love well. And he wants us to show the world that he is love. He's not a vindictive, judgmental, harsh God. He's loving. He's caring. He's amazing. He's wonderful. Everything we sung this morning, I just wanted to lay on the floor and worship him this morning. And I'd been listening to that song, wasn't it, Holy Forever, just before we came out and just standing by the window and just looking, I thought, oh, I really hope they sing that one this morning. And I came in and they were singing it. I thought, how wonderful. Yes, holy you are forever. You are holy, holy, holy. So let's delve into the book a little bit more. Patricia King, she's a gifted prophetic teacher with a heart of love for the lost and broken. And God challenged her to live a life refusing to be offended at anyone or anything. And she, was, she felt she was quite capable of, capable of doing this. She'd been in ministry and missions abroad for a long time. And when you've been in leadership or ministry or missions, you have people to deal with. So you have a lot of things to face. Um, and she thought she dealt with lots of things. And she was learning, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And she didn't, she could do this. Fine, Lord, I'll do this. I'll live unoffended. Um, but she got irritated and miffed about little things, dealt with them as she usually did. But the Holy Spirit just spoke to her and said, why? Go deeper. Don't stop there. All right, you're forgiven. All right, but why did it upset you? Why did it this, this, and this all the way through? So she began to look deeper into that particular subject, living unoffended and unoffendable. Harboring offense will always hamper our efforts to be transformed into the image of Christ so we need to be ruthless with things as soon as we become aware. As I said, Father doesn't expose things to hurt us or embarrass us, but to heal us and set us free. And we all want to walk in freedom, always. And he wants us to go into that deeper, intimate relationship with him. One of our calls to war in this world is not a war of words or swords or arguments. Our biggest call is a war of love. It's a love war. That's what God's all about. It's a love war. 
in 1 Corinthians 13, we often get this passage read at weddings. Love suffers long and is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. Oh, gadgets. Is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, loves all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now abide faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. Actually, very few people in this world can live that way, and I, I really believe this is a picture of Jesus. But if we're in him and he's in us, we're on a journey to be like Jesus. And this is our aim, to love like Jesus. And at the beginning of that famous passage, Paul says, we can have all the understanding, the words of knowledge, all of that, but if we don't have love, it's not worth anything. Remember God so loved the world that he gave? He showed that by sending Jesus to show us who we truly are meant to be. And forgiveness is expressed in his action of love by coming to this earth, living our life for us, dying on the cross and bringing us into freedom. I read this quote somewhere and was challenged by it. Jesus is not an example for us, but of us. This is who we're meant to be. Seeing ourselves as sons and daughters in our Father's house, learning from the Father himself to rule and reign in this world. As he is, so are we in this world, if we're in him. If God loves all the world and everyone is special, everyone is made in his image, all are loved equally. We know that, but a lot of the world don't know about love. And we didn't know it at one time. And our war for their identity is constantly love. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.16, we know no man after the flesh. So we're looking for the gold and what's in them and what people are called to be. I often have to remind myself, um, and we've used this quite a lot, that we are one. I am in him. He is in me. We are are one. There's no separation. There's no difference. We are one with him. Once we're in him, in Christ, we are one. So how does all this affect us? Our offense, forgiveness, unforgiveness, and offense, the biggie one. Um, offense is dangerous. And unless we catch the little foxes that stunt our Christian walk, it's an opening for yet more things, and we often feel justified in our offence. What does it look like? The person who cuts you up on the road, get really annoyed with them, pinches the parking space that you're aiming for, you're crossing a lane in a supermarket to go to the quickest one, and it turns out to be the slowest one. <laughs> the pastor or leadership team didn't come and say hello to you today, or any other day. There you go. <laughs> You weren't asked to do something, and you know you're the best person for the job. They should have known. should have known all about that. You were in a job, 
and somebody else got the promotion and you didn't, and you were there longer than them. Family, that's a big one. We have four children and several grandchildren. Um, they're not doing, behaving, thinking, all the things that you want your children to do. But you love them anyway, and God's like that, and it's a good lesson when you've got kids. <laughs> God loves us, we love them. But it hurts sometimes, it does hurt. Sometimes we don't like the clothes somebody wears or the colour of their hair. Politicians, governments, yuck, policies, not what we want, a lot of things we don't like. But if someone puts a post on social media, that might be quite mild. The rest of the world, they all jump in. They put in their opinions, their annoyances, their judgmental criticisms and all the rest of it. And before you know it, everything becomes really nasty very nasty sometimes and very vindictive. It's very cruel. The list is endless. You name it, we can be irritated, offended, miffed, upset at almost anything that doesn't conform to our idea of right or wrong. And sometimes we think, oh, it's okay, it just doesn't really matter. And we bury those things. But when we bury them, we cloud parts of our heart and it goes deeper and it hinders our relationship with the Father. And they fester, they can, something else can come on top of that, and it can fester, and it can grow, and the distance becomes further away. He's never gone anywhere. But because we won't run to him, first of all, so that he can heal the pain and heal the hurt, then the distance gets bigger, and it's never of his making. He's always sitting there with his arms wide open. It affects our future testimony as individuals and as the body of Christ. So it's really important if we want the world to see how God loves, then we have to love each other well and continue to produce that culture of honour. The world will know us by the love we have for each other. Do they? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Do we love well? In some ways, this is quite a heavy word, but actually, as I said before, if taken in the right way, it's encouraging, it's beautiful, and applying it makes us more like Jesus. The world begins to trust sons of God stepping up into who they truly are, and our credibility becomes obvious, and people stop calling the church hypocrites, judgmental, but lovers of God and they want to be where love is. So let's rise to the challenge and step up to sonship. And I'm only going to touch about, I'm going to pick up about three or four things from the book. That's why I've got the books, so you can share them around because it's challenging. Um, so the first thing in the, five, the list of the five is dealing with anger. That's our first challenge. Anger hinders you from loving well. And it separates you from the Saviour's heart. In Matthew 5, 21, in the Message Bible said, uh, anger is on a par with murder. You are familiar with the command of the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Ask yourself, why am I, why am I angry? Ask Holy Spirit to help you be aware Listen to his comforting and his guiding and his teaching and his healing. 
We can be angry at anyone, including God himself. He hasn't worked in my timeline. He hasn't healed. He's not listening to my prayers. Or maybe it's something like telling God when to do my testimony. Anger has serious consequences. Under the umbrella of offence comes bitterness. And this is in operation when you think of someone and it produces that bitter reaction in your heart and your thoughts. You don't want to be near them. You think, I'll go somewhere else. And we rarely keep bitterness to ourselves. We end up poisoning others' minds. Sometimes it's prayer points. Be careful. I need to pray about this. I need to pray about that. Sometimes we need to hold those things and deal with it with the Lord before we bring them as prayer points because that can spread things and they become upset with that person as well. That's not good. And it's dangerous when we listen to somebody's injustice story. You know, we hear a lot of stories here and you can become offended at the person who's perhaps offending them or upsetting them. But they're still a child of God even if they don't know it yet because they're made in God's image. So we have to look beyond the sin or the dysfunction, whatever. Be careful when we listen to somebody else's sob story. We want to love them, we want to bring them up, we want to affirm them, we want to build them up. But we also have to recognise their reactions and we also have to recognise the other person who may have caused the pain. They are dysfunctional because they've been hurt, they've been damaged, they've been broken. We love everybody the same and that's not always easy when we see certain things happen. If, it's, if bitterness is not dealt with, it will rob you of your peace, your joy and your love. Hebrews 12 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest a root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. By this, many have been defiled. Bitterness spreads, offence spreads. Judgment. We can easily heed, heed easily hide this one by saying well it's just my opinion it's just what I think we need godly wisdom when we open our mouths when we are criticizing somebody else's actions or opinions we can also think we can shroud this one in it's my prophetic gift I see things I have a gift of discernment be careful if there's something that comes up that is perhaps a bit heavy Ask the Father first. Ask for wisdom. True discernment has a redemptive thread to it and it doesn't carry judgment. Offence makes me think I have the right to throw the stone. Remember the story of Jesus having the woman taken in adultery, dragged before him, demanding that she be stoned according to the law. We don't know what Jesus wrote on the ground. But whatever it was, those Pharisees with the stones in their hands, one by one, they walked away. And the sinless Lamb of God, who could have thrown the first stone, said to the woman, where are your accusers? They've gone, Lord. Then neither do I condemn you. He loved her. He called her into the woman that she was meant to be. You don't need to sin like that anymore. 
You're a child of God. You don't need to do that anymore. Come into love. Come into freedom. Accusation and condemnation are part of the profile of unrighteous judgment, which is tied to offence. Graham Cook was a prophetic, uh, he is a prophetic writer, speaker, whatever, and he wrote a book several years ago now, which I read, and he was a speaker at a conference, and he'd been asked specifically to go and speak to the leadership team because the, and pray for them and pray prophetically into the team because they were bringing some changes within the church and they knew there were going to be some challenges. So while Graham was just wandering around and, you know, just sensing what Holy Spirit was saying, he felt God say there was a young man in the congregation, part of the leadership team, um, who really was very much against the pastor and really wanted to bring him down. So he did spend some time just saying, God, what do I do? What's the wisdom? How do, what do you want me to bring in this particular situation? You can't just go up and say to somebody, I can, I can see what's in your heart. You want to get rid of the pastor. It's just, that's not godly wisdom at all. So he asked the Holy Spirit for wisdom. How do I bring this word? Came to the time when they were going to pray for the team. And this young man was actually in the inner circle of the team. And Graham was praying for everybody, and he said to this young man, God has called you with a sword to stand at the pastor's back, to honor him, to protect him, and be his covering with the call that I have put on his life. This young man broke down and he wept. And afterwards he said to Graham what he had in his heart, and Graham said, I knew. God showed me. But God had redemptive plans for him. Well, the enemy had tried to destroy him, both men and probably the church was turned around because of the wisdom of the prophetic word and picture that came. Forgive, unforgiveness is the fourth thing on our list. We've had the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Forgive us, forgive others as you have been forgiven. Luke 6, judge not and you shall not be judged. Colossians 3, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Psalm 86, for you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Mark 11, 25, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive that your Father in heaven may forgive you. Psalm 32, Blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. In Matthew 18, 21 to 35, there's a story of a king. And he wanted to settle his debts. So he called in a servant who owed him 15 years worth of wages. I can't even calculate that. Um, and he couldn't pay. <laughs> Ooh, somebody's flashing lights. Okay. Um, he definitely couldn't pay 15 years of wages on a slave's wage. So he was going to be imprisoned. So he pleaded with the king. And the king forgave him every single penny. The slave then went out and found another slave who owed him a day's wage. But he didn't show the mercy that he had been shown. News travels fast. That soon got back to the king. 
So he ended up in prison for the rest of his life, probably. If we don't forgive, it hinders our prayers. We have to forgive Christ, forgive others as Christ forgave us. If we don't forgive, our prayers don't get answered because we're holding on to things that block us. We lock ourselves in prison. We want that person to get punished or exposed because they hurt us. They don't deserve to go scot-free. Another cliche, but actually forgiving is like, not forgiving is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. But you know what? We shrivel up. We die. Inside we become bitter, we become bitter, and we can roll into that victim mentality. I'm not dismissing some of the terrible things that maybe some of you have been through. And it can be painful, but we are not of this world. We come with a different spirit. And God always has a bigger, better plan. Walking in his love, in forgiveness, brings so much freedom. There was a Romanian pastor who was in prison for over 14 years for his faith. And there was one particular guard who really hated him. And every day he would drag the pastor out. He would beat him and beat him and beat him until he was unconscious. And then they'd throw him back in his cell. Every day the pastor said, I have the power. I have the power. And the guard said, you have no power. You're rubbish. Your God cannot help you. Your God cannot save you. You have no power whatsoever. Every day, the scenario played out. Eventually, the guard screamed at him and said, what power do you have? You've got nothing. And this pastor, hardly able to lift his head, said, I have the power to love you. He cleared the cell, he broke down, and he cried. And this pastor led him to Jesus. He too later was in prison for his faith. Love changed that man. We'll probably never have to forget, face anything like that. However big or little, love is always the answer. Love and forgiveness. The last thing under the umbrella of offence is pride. So how does that come into offence? We often think our way of doing things is right. Our way of seeing, our way of believing. We are right, they are wrong. So we rise up and we get very superior. I'm right, they're wrong. Whoever it may be. Have you seen how many Christian denominations there are? 45,000. How sad is that? We all say we love the same God and we follow the same Jesus. Why is there so much division? The world will see the Father by the love they see between us. No one person has all the answers. Jesus wasn't offended when people came to him to get out of him what they could. When the beggars came close to him, to see what they could get from him when the sick and the diseased and the infected came and sought him out. He touched lepers, he helped the broken, the hungry when they came. A prostitute 
washed his feet with her hair. Those who are forgiven much, love much. It wasn't beneath him to go to the house of a cheat and a swindler named Zacchaeus. He was okay with talking to confused religious leaders who came to ask him questions at night. Even on the road to Emmaus, he didn't push the disciples away for missing the point of his death and resurrection. But he spent time with them. He opened the scriptures to them until they could see. He wasn't like the Pharisees who put yet more burdens on people and made them feel rubbish and not good enough. God never does that. He comes with a different spirit, with love and redemption. And at the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And they were the ones that engineered his death. He saw beyond those circumstances, trying to call out the true children that they were, but they didn't know it yet. He taught, encouraged, and brought people to truth and wholeness. How many broken, hurting people do we see? And some of those hurt us. Some have been bullied at work or school, passed over for promotion. Some cheated on. Some abused. Each one of those are the people that God so loved the world for. All of them, every single person, God so loved the world. Not just those of us in church. Not just those of us who've got nice homes and nice things. God loved the world. So he gave. This has been, for me, a challenging journey over the last several months and I've had to face quite a lot of things and I'm learning to try and see people as Paul said not after the flesh but after the spirit I want to see Jesus in you I want to see the gold in you I want to see what's there I want to be like Jesus I want to love like Jesus serve like Jesus think like Jesus forgive quickly and don't hold grudges I want people to be drawn to him because of the life seen in me. I'm not all there yet, but that's my goal. And that's what Jesus wants for each one of us. It's the Christ's character in us, the love of Jesus in us, the gold, the potential, the beauty in everyone. It's all there. We just have to draw it out. I've failed partly because I felt I had the right to think, feel, and be the way I did. But God has opened my eyes. I don't have the right. The only right that I have is to love you and serve. I don't always do it very well. And I'm happy to be corrected. Don't like that bit. I don't like people telling me I'm wrong or that I'm getting it messed up. I like to be right. Um, my husband and I are both the same. We both like to be right. Um, so, you know, there can be a bit of tension there, but hey-ho, you know. Um, but I just have, I have that privilege as a son of God to love and grow into more of the character of Jesus and bring that life and love to others. So I want to be like Jesus, to take the challenge, not to take offence, not to become angry, not be bitter, letting it fester and destroy me. Not to judge others for their choices and their actions. Maybe be an example to them that they might want to follow. Be quick 
to forgive. I don't want to allow pride to cloud my vision. And the biggest challenge of all for some might be allow yourself to be loved by Father God and let all, th- all these things go. Once you begin to receive the love of God, it's so much easier to love other people. So this is my journey and this is my challenge and I want to open that challenge up to you. So let's encourage each other, build each other up to be like Jesus so we can love like Jesus. Forgiveness is not a heavy thing, it's a beautiful thing. Letting go of offence is not a heavy thing, it's a beautiful thing. So this is short and sweet, but if you would like to stand, we'll just pray together. If you want to, or you can sit, it doesn't matter. And if you feel there are things that you're holding on to or you haven't let go, then please feel free to come to the front and have some extra prayer or somebody round about you because this is such an important key. And as I said, I didn't really want to bring this in a way that was heavy and judgmental because it's not. This is a beautiful, precious journey into the heart of the Father. So I'm just going to pray, and if you, I don't know, Mike might be able to put some very soft music on or something. And if you want prayer, you can either come to the front or just, as I say, just see somebody else. So Father God, we just thank you for your heart of love. We thank you that you love us. You are holy, but you draw us into your holiness. You draw us into your love. You draw us into the Father heart of God. Thank you for your preciousness. You don't want to leave us where we are. You don't want to leave us in our pain or our offence or our bitterness. You want us to run to your arms and be healed and be made whole. So, Father, thank you. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for the blood of Jesus that sets us free. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and you went to the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you went to the grave for me. But thank you, Jesus, you didn't stay there. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose in resurrection power. And that power is now ours to tap into. So, Father, teach us to run to the Father's heart. Teach us to run into your arms with all our pain, with all our failures, with all our whatevers, and let ourselves be loved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. you're receiving prayer if you want some prayer then please be brave and bold and ask people to pray for you um it is time for us to go and get our children so if you have a child could you go out to the groups um and release the the leaders there that'd be great um thank you jackie (laughs) thank you for your vulnerability to being so honest thank you for your authenticity it's beautiful and we're not going to deny this is a quite a chunky subject isn't it um so 
yeah, please come and grab one of us. And even during this week, have a chat with God. Is there stuff that you're holding on to? Is there stuff that you want to um, be forgiven for? Are there people you need to forgive? Is there things you're holding on to? Um, Because he wants us to live a free. We're supposed to be living in freedom. And his love is what sets us free. Jackie, it was brilliant. I'd love to hear you all over again. So thank you. Yeah, can we give Jackie a clap? (laughs) 